0: Give yourself the benefit of the doubt about wondering if I did something wrong or I said something that was dumb, you know, and you are beat yourself up about something and you have no reason to because whoever it was you said it to you never thought that. So again, that's a whole aspect of uncertainty and just filters. Another is mood health. And that does, you know, get into the depression side. And I have naturally a lot of lived experience with this, having contended with a number of, of bouts myself. And, you know, we've all been through all the th- things that we have in our lives. I've learned you know, through experience, you know, how to deal with it and, you know, catch it. And the same as we talk about earn confidence and worry before you sink too much into the quicksand, do the things that you need to,
1: to get yourself out. Hi, I'm Talia and welcome to the Rebel Love Podcast, where each week I'll bring you a new episode exploring love, sex, relationships, and money. Join me as together we question, explore, and strive to understand Welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Love Podcast. Today, my guest is Matt Zinman, a difference maker devoted to personally enrich the lives of at least 100 million people by 2025. His new book, Zisms, Insights to Live By, is based on his experiences as an entrepreneur, an athlete, a single parent, caregiver, and nonprofit founder. He's also the host of Insights to Live By, a podcast that invites guests to share their own life lessons. Welcome, Matt. Thanks so much for being here today. It's
0: great to be with you, Talia. Thanks for having me. I'm still looking forward to this.
1: Me too. I'm glad we made it happen. Um, so I like to do this with all my guests before we get too far into any subject matter. Sure. I'd love to hear your story. What what happened for you? Tell us. Let's see if we can condense your life story <laughs> and um, to where how you ended up where you are today. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely condense it. So <laughs> uh, I'm in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's summer here. It's not quite as cold as, as where you are. Uh, and I, uh, I grew up, um, playing ice hockey. That was a big influence on me. I, I traveled with uh, team USA on some tournaments and things never made, never went pro, but that was a big part of my life. And, uh, went into the field of communication management, public relations, advertising, and then a big a big intersection for me was in 2002 uh which is when at that time I became a single dad. I'm remarried now, but I was uh you know my son Jake was 2 at the time. And it, it was important to me to be a 50% dad, so I quit my job and started my own company and uh I haven't looked back ever since in, from, in terms of being an entrepreneur. And in 2007, I started a nonprofit called the Internship Institute, and that focuses on apprenticeships and all things work-based learning, mainly setting up programs, also helping veterans in transition, disadvantaged youth. It really depends on the grant. Uh, And this past year, uh, things took uh, another uh, turn with the pandemic because not a lot of those kinds of programs were happening here. And... It had really kind of come to you know the point where I was also ready for a transition, and it just so happened that the book came out uh, originally at that time, and uh, so I had to make some adjustments as well. But then since then, somewhat unexpectedly, I started my own podcast, as you mentioned, Insights to Live By. It's my one-year anniversary of that podcast coming up now. and uh, Thank you. Thanks. Uh, 65 episodes in one year, now weekly. So- that led to me continuing to lean in into really creating a new career for myself, reinventing, and I'm now creating and have created courses in and around the book for you know everything from mindset to well being, uh, relationships, and into you know legacy and your why and law of attraction and all those sorts of things. So uh, the big course is 29 days, uh, about an hour a day and. Uh, I just I just finished that, so I'm really psyched, and and now I'm on the other side of okay. I can pick my head up and connect people to it. So, um, so appreciate the timing being here with you.
1: Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. I'm excited to hear about it. So, um, we're going to talk a little bit today about how to outsmart your worries and anxieties with earned confidence. Right. But before we get too far into that, I really want to know what is a uh, zism. Sure, and uh, tell us a little bit about like what was the driving force behind creating the book.
0: Yeah, thank you, Talia. Well, uh, Z-isms or Zedisms, you know, wherever you want to pronounce, <laughs> however the the letter is pronounced, um, those are your life lessons. They're insights to live by, and uh, you know we all we all have them, and we all find ourselves giving similar advice to different people. You know, whatever those pearls of wisdom are are considered to be your your Z isms in, in this case. And in terms of writing the book, you know, I had, you know, a certain inflection point the year before last. Um, my son Jake, you know, you fast forward from, you know, he was two back in oh two, right? Now he's off to college and uh, and and I was between grants. And, you know, I think a lot of people say, well, I I, I want to write a book and you know, do you follow through or, or you don't? And I really considered, well, this is something I would regret not doing. And the answer was was absolutely. And so, I really just got into action just to see what I what I had put my head down. And um, over a number of days, was like, yeah, you know, this is something that's fully formed. It's not a blog. It's it's more than that. And there are a number of these concepts, like earned confidence, that really are the grounding principles. That's chapter one uh, that I have really put to, to use for myself over the years. And I don't really hear people talk about it quite the same. And in a way, I felt, you know, something of a responsibility to share it. And and I'm so glad I did. So.
1: Yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about what earned confidence is. And I love that. Um, I don't know. I just love those words together. I think it's a really, you know, I mean, I've got an idea of what it is, but I, I'm interested to know how we earn it.
0: Yeah. Well, we all have earned confidence. I mean, it really speaks to the fact that now, look, all of us have been through everything that we have in our lives, wherever we are. And a lot of that has to do with resilience and overcoming things. It also has to do with all the things we've achieved. And up until now, we're here. You know, we've made it. Whatever it is that we've come through, uh, we're, you know, for the most part, past. And so that's what you've earned. You, you've earned that confidence. And what's critical about it is that it's a grounding principle to stay present. Because if you know, which you do, clearly, uh, since we're here, uh, that you're capable of overcoming everything that comes your way, you can deal with what happens to you in real time, then you don't have to get caught up in things that are not happening in the now, like worry and anxiety or making assumptions, Mm -hmm. all those future uncertainties. You know, you really have to, you know, catch yourself where you're, you're, you're bringing yourself out of the present into those uh, things that are uncertain to happen. And then of course the same thing applies for allowing, you know, past baggage to weigh you down and any of that negativity. So uh, earned confidence is a reminder to stay present.
1: Mm. So I, I I was talking to a friend a while ago and I can't remember the exact conversation, but I said something like, and we've both been through phases like this where right? I'm like, I don't know, I've just lost a bit of confidence. Like I'm not quite sure anymore I, you know I was doing really well I was kind of on top of the world and like you said like things happen and then it accumulates and you're like oh you know all of a sudden I feel confident or things that happen for me are like I'll start someone will ask me about something that I know a lot about and I'll start talking about it and will and, and then I hear myself talking going huh I, I kind of I didn't realize I knew so much and like they're really intently listening like like I'm the authority on it right. and you're like oh I didn't realize I was in that position but then things equally can happen where something happens or something doesn't go exactly the way you want it to go. And then you're like, you lose the confidence and somehow quicker <laughs> than you entered. So, uh, you know, what what happens in those situations? What can we do in those situations?
0: Well, I think we're talking about two different kinds of of confidence in that way. And we all waver you know, I mean, I, we're all human, you know, I, I struggle with confidence just the same at any given time. But, you know, earned confidence is something that's, that's it's always there, you know, wherever you are in, in life. And, and just to go, you know, one, one step further and, you know, really to its origin had to do with my mom. I mean, you mentioned in the introduction, my being a caregiver and you know, it's been quite a few years now, um, but my mom tragically had a routine surgery in the early eighties and uh, contracted HIV through uh, a a blood transfusion. And she was one of the first, you know, heterosexual men at the time to, you know, get in. And, you know, there was no uh, cocktails or anything back then. She really, you know, saw her through the, the worst of it over those years. Now she's passed over 25 years now at this point. So, you know, as, as terrible as it sounds, it's, you know, again, it's been, you know, a long time ago, but for anyone who's been through anything like that, you've seen someone through terminal illness or or anything that really takes you through some of that anguish. Well, for my part, you know, any number of times that we thought we were going to lose her, and then you'd go through that you know emotional turmoil only for her to pull through, which is, you know wonderful. You know, have more time with her and that she'd recover. But then you'd look back even like, what I do to myself, you know, in terms right. of of all of it and. You know, after that happening a number of times, you really just get to the point of, you know, I have to, you know, what will be will be. And and I have to deal with what's really happening. And naturally, you know, the circumstances being what they are, I mean, that's certainly the worst, you know, I've ever had to overcome or or, or get through, you know, those that those period of years. But that's a source of earned confidence. And the same goes for, for anybody else. And and again, it's that reminder of it's almost somewhat the opposite of, you know, in and, and the present, that's an example of worrying uh, about something that has yet to happen. You just can't do it, you know, and it, it just reminds yourself that you can, it's really about resilience and, and about grounding yourself in the present. Now to your question, day to day, yeah, you know, we all have to, you know, work on ourselves. We're all constant work in progress and in our, in our growth. And sometimes we feel more confident than others, but you can't argue with coming through everything that we have and, and having a lot to show for it.
1: Yeah. Mm, that that must've been incredibly devastating to, to go through that experience. And so it sounds like the, when you refer to earn confidence, it really is the kind of that, the journey of, like you said, the resilience, the battle scars that, that make you stronger right is that kind of
0: yeah and i think that a lot of people can point to any number of events in their lives that were terrible you know in you know in real time and then they can look back having come and being on the other side of it and recognize that happened for a reason or that led to this or that and if that didn't happen i wouldn't have this and so it's hard you know when you're in any given moment and actually dealing in real time with those difficult circumstances but again with their confidence, you you can have those as you know reference points to be able to say well mm-hmm. when this happened that was terrible to me now i can look at that and it's this so that when things are actually happening that are you know difficult and you know i'm not saying in any way that you should be ignoring what you have to deal with i mean you know when there's no other way but through but through whatever those circumstances are but it's also good to have that objectivity from the experiences to say, you know what? I mean, this is terrible right now, but on the other side of it, you know, I'll get there just like I have everything else and, uh, you know, something good will come in this at some point, whatever that might be, if Mm. hopefully.
1: So what does, um, let's just keep exploring this own confidence. What does own confidence look like in romantic relationships?
0: Yeah, well, I think that it has number one, a lot to do with not being codependent. You know in terms so of right. having earned confidence you know you're you're two people coming into a relationship as as much as you can be you know in you know, a whole <laughs> um of course, you know leaning on each other, and you know there's some minor could i mean it's natural to have some of that, but for the most part, you know you stand on your own two feet and you have your own role in a in a relationship and you know, whatever that might be in terms of how, for example, you might divide and conquer. Some people are, well, for my wife and I, you know, better at one thing versus another. And we know whose department is what. So, you know, that helps a lot.
1: Okay. And how did you kind of coin this term and confidence? How did you kind of start framing it in this way that you have in your book?
0: Honestly, Ty, I'm going back. You know, to, all the way to my mom. You know, is when I started thinking about it. You know, through that experience, that really is the origin of it. And you know, again, as there is an example as terrible as as that all was. You know, something good came of it that we can be having this conversation, and I can, you know, share this with you. Um, it just came from that life experience. I I didn't kind of you know scratch my head and be like, what am I going to coin? This, you know, it just really, it just is what it is. But again, I think that it's very easy for us to get caught up in our habits around worrying and being anxious about things. And to me, earn confidence is kind of that logic formula to remind yourself that you can deal with the real and that you can outsmart worry and 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 Mm. to whatever degree anxiety. That's not chemical imbalance anxiety, just general anxiety. Um, Mm. That's the thought.
1: Can you give us an example of how we can use this, like, like you said, as a prompt, like when we are uh, experiencing anxiety, because it's interesting. um, I've heard a lot more people speak about this in the pandemic. There's a lot of anxiety through the roof. I've heard that a lot. And, um, you know, I mean, it's a pretty, um, what's the word, tumultuous time. You know, people. There's a. I was. We're in lockdown again. I'm not sure what your situation is, where you are, but I know that we've, where I live, we've been in and out of lockdown. And um, and even though, kind of like Melbourne, that's where I am, we've been kind of. We're getting used to it, sort of. Like everyone's like, okay, here we go again. Right. You know, um, it still affects your psyche, right? The anxiety. It's something that we can't control. It's this outside thing that's happening. How, what, what's a prompt that we can use that you just mentioned in the framework that you just mentioned? Sure. If we are experiencing anxiety, that's not chemical as well.
0: Well, I think that you know the pandemic is a, a very unique time in all of our lives, and it's it's just thrown so much by the wayside. And I, I don't, you know, I think we all know what that is. I don't have to necessarily you know regurgitate you know what we're all going through. And there's some natural anxiety that goes with that. That is something to be expected. You know, again, it's kind of a no other way but through. Mm-hmm. And I think there is an underlying mental health pandemic that's also surfacing and will continue to surface. And I know you you know that depression is something that has also been a big part of something I've contended with and uh, I'm an advocate for and, and, and also why I'm so dedicated to, you know, these different kinds of concepts, you know, for my own well-being, just the same. To your question, I think when we're addressing worry and it's something that's a habit and we're not going to catch it at all times. In fact, a lot of times just to break the habit, you have to look back after the fact so that when you worry about something and then it never comes to pass, that's when you really have to stop and evaluate, you know, what did I do to myself? What did I do to maybe the friends I called or whatever else that I might have done That was completely unnecessary. Of course, friends are there to be there, you know, to support you. But this was a phantom problem ultimately that occurred as a result of unnecessary worry. And so, when you can take stock after the fact and realize, "Wow, I I really did a number on myself," it's going to help you the next time recognize when that's starting. You can really, you know, nip it in the bud so it doesn't get as much out of control. And then, you know, just like anything, and taking practice. Uh, in and around, you know, mindfulness, gratitude, and you know, all these life skills. You know, practicing earn confidence and staying present is, you know, just the same.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In your book, you have a chapter on swimming with the current. Can you tell us a little bit about that technique?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of different meaning to it. Uh, one of it is rooted in earned confidence and a lot having to do with trusting yourself, trusting your intuition, you know, making decisions more gut driven than, you know, getting caught up in analysis paralysis, for example. To me, uh, you know, one application just from a practical standpoint is from as an entrepreneur. And when I feel like even on any given day, something's kind of taking a turn, it's, you know, you feel like you're, you're coming up against, you know, just that experience, you know, you're banging your head against the wall or, or, uh, you know, any of those, uh, cliches, I guess that, that come to mind for people, push the boulder up the hill or what have you, you really have to tune into your intuition and ask yourself what, what's going on. What does that mean? It could be how you're managing your day. It could be a relationship. It could be a conversation that's going the wrong way. And just to ground yourself and be like, well, what does it mean to turn around? You know, that's, uh, you know, that's just kind of part of instinct and flow. And I can't say, you know, everybody has their own belief system. I mean, I mean, I certainly believe in the flow, the law of attraction, energy exchanges and how we affect one another and and recognizing how people affect us. And that's, that's a whole other section of the book in and around energy management and swimming with the current goes just the same. Um, because of that energy exchange also comes into play when you're when you're dealing with others. from a relationship standpoint that's a that's a whole different dynamic. Um, and I started to touch on it before you know my wife Erica and I you know we' both been married before you know we both have uh, you know kids that we've raised and uh, so you know it helps to to have the experience and have you know been around the block but I, I will say that, I do think that when it comes to domestic partnerships, relationships, whether it's marriage or living together, um, even if you're just friends and roommates living together, you always, it it helps, I want to be absolute here, but it helps to know who has what ball. The, The more that you can divide the responsibilities of your lives together as to who does what, who's in the lead, the more you're eliminating potential problems. So, you know, I I think you know, Erica and I really have not had any you know major argument (laughs) in uh, Mm. in our five years together. I mean, you know, things might get a little tense. You know, we might get a little annoyed with one another, but you know, I mean, I know what a fight is. You know, I've you know there there hasn't been one in this relationship, and uh, and yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with you know, she handles the finances. I'm very happy for her to do that. I don't want to fight about it. I don't want to deal with receipts. I don't want to deal with the taxes. It's just not my thing. Um, she handles all things having to do with the house. And she's very much into that and her hobbies and everything. I handle, I, I cook. I'm I'm the chef of the house. Uh, so when it comes to you know anything having to do with food, feed the family, all that, that's my department. And it really is just very evenly divided. And it doesn't sound sexy i guess when when you know you you break it out like that but you know when there's there's little left to argue about there's nothing you know arguments don't happen and when it comes to things that are you know the in between you know if you can uh if you can outsource things you know in your life that's always a good thing mm-hmm. and then what are the hot spots um like she she is not able to deal with tech support and customer service or any of those kinds, like she loses patience in three seconds flat. I have all the patience in the world. (laughs) So, you know, that's no problem for me. Um, And then when you are finding yourself in conflict, whatever that is, again, against the current, it really comes down to who has more to lose or, or, or to gain, you know, someone has to yield. Otherwise you're just going to be, you know, going down, you know, however far into, you know, a negative experience of an argument with one another, you know, the more you can nip it in the bud and just be like, okay, I, you know, this is more important to you or, you know, whatever that it might be. I mean, there's just no specific in the moment, but if you can make that choice, that also helps.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: who is, who is, who is th- the current <laughs> in that? Yeah. In that can way. I ask
1: you a question about your, with your, with your wife? Sure. Has there been, do you think it's worked because there hasn't been any conflict about who wants to do what? Is it has there been anything where you both don't like doing it, and then and then what do you do in that situation where you're like we both don't really want to do it? Do you outsource it?
0: Yeah, I mean if we can, I mean there's really there's really nothing that I can think of. I mean because like I'm in the groove with it. Like you know, right? Do I love handle you know all the chores around the house or things that I do? No, not my favorite, but you know it's just kind of, it's my department. So you know I, I feel like she does. A ton of, you know, we both do a ton of things. You know, we feel like whatever it is, you know, though evenly divided, that, you know, we do our share. And the kids, you know, they're teenagers now. You know, my son's 21 uh, in a couple mm-hmm. of months and her daughter's 16. You know, she's driving herself to the beach now and all of that. So, yeah. All, all the responsibilities are, are on us now for the most part.
1: Yeah. Do the kids do anything like contribute as well? When they're asked,
0: you know, and. When, and
1: <laughs> Yeah, and, cause I was going to you know, say. I'm sure there'd be some pushback from the children.
0: Yeah, and when they're home, I mean, look, they're teenagers, and you know, you have to, you know, you got to roll with that. Sometimes they make it, yeah. you know, something so simple they'll make it worth not your while to ask, right? Because right. yeah, it's kind of how that goes sometimes. But
1: so, like swimming with the current is just like, okay, I'm not going to. Well, gonna
0: sometimes go there. you know, I, you know, look, I, you know, with the kids, you know, child rearing—that's a whole different situation. You know, you have to you have to decide, you know, more and more, you know, when to tell your kids, you know, go figure it out, you know, go figure it out for yourself. Mm. That's, that's probably Mm -hmm. some of the best parenting advice I could give. And then at other times when there's a battle of wills, you, you make a choice, you know, I'm the current, I'm not, Mm. I'm not Mm -hmm. going to back down on this. So how, how difficult do you want to make this for yourself? is really the question.
1: That's funny that you said that about like, go figure it out. Cause um, my mom, my parents broke up very young. My dad left when I was six months old. He had an affair. And I said to my mom, how come you never, she never once bad mouthed him, never once. And I said, how come you never said anything bad about dad? And she said, I think I've told the story again. I keep repeating myself, but I said, she said, I figured you'd figure it out on your own. <laughs> She's like, you know, Ah. it's pretty clear. I think I didn't think you'd miss it. And I was like, you were right. And she goes, Yeah, I don't need to be that person. I don't need to badmouth him. You know, I don't want to be that person. That's wise.
0: Well, look, I mean, that's very um, very wise. That's being mindful of energy, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same thing in and around, you know, I know we're, we're kind of jumping around a bit here, but forgiveness, I think it's an important point. And it's hard to get out of our own way. In and around forgiving one another, and sometimes people don't deserve. And I'm out of a domestic relationship here in the moment, but you know, some people who don't deserve our forgiveness,
1: you, right. you give it anyway
0: because it's really about you. And yes, hundred
1: you know, percent. You
0: you know, why would you let them get one over on you by having something you know something stuck in your crawl about what they did to you? You know, that's just, and that's how you get your ego out of the way and say, well, I'm not going to let this bother me. And um, mm. your mom sounds doesn't like... Doesn't
1: mean you have to like him or let him back into your life. Right. That's different, or, but... Or, yeah.
0: yeah, 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 or, or actually like resolve it to get, you know, owe someone an apology or, you know, yield. Yeah. Just do it within yeah. yourself. Forgive them within yourself. It doesn't have to be,
1: Yeah, you know... Totally. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting as well. Even, yeah, saying, saying, I'm sorry. So many people find that so difficult and it's such a mending word, those words are just like can heal, you know, it's it's just so respectful to go, hey, I'm really sorry I did that. And I think yeah. that if you're going to say sorry, you've really got to mean it and not do it again. You know, it's not right. just like, oh, I'm saying sorry and I don't mean it. I'm going to keep doing it. It's like, if you say sorry, that means you're you're making amends and then you're also changing your behavior. Right. You know? At least you're going to try
0: harder. I don't really have you know. a hard time. I mean, I have much to have to say sorry for because, you know. What do I do wrong? You know, I'm, not, I'm just kidding. But but the point is, is you know, I don't have a problem saying sorry. The same thing in around forgiveness because it's about me. I mean, do by not saying I'm sorry, do I want to be upset for another couple of days? So I'll suck it up.
1: Yeah, out of right.
0: pres- self preservation, just because I don't want to be ticked off.
1: Yeah. So uh, coming back to your book, uh, yeah. there's a an, another thing with the book involves filters. Now I think I know what filters mean within a certain context, but I'm really interested to, uh, to hear. How you talk about them in the book, and um what does that involve sure.
0: well, I mean, look, we, you know we all encounter life as you know any number of ways we all have so much information coming at us at all times, and there's only so much that we can take in and and really you know convert into our own understanding, so certainly perception is the first one that comes into play, and that's an early chapter as well. And it's the same thing goes for relationships. It's, you know, like two rights don't necessarily make a wrong. Two people can hear the same situation a different way or perceive it a different way and neither be wrong in the way that they perceive it. Uh, And that's how you also, you know, again, focusing on the relationship theme, uh, give each other, you know, some benefit of the doubt, but also the fact that perception, and, and this also comes, Talia, from the depression. Aspect here because optimism and pessimism apply to the exact same set of circumstances, and so that has a lot to do with choice. And again, outside of a chemical imbalance, and while we can't necessarily you know help what it is that happens to us, we certainly do have a lot of control over how we react and what it is and how we choose to perceive things. And you know, with perception, we assume. Everything that we take in is the truth and fact based, but in in fact, it's just an interpretation. So it's hard to step outside of ourselves and recognize, like, maybe I didn't get it right, or I wasn't, am mm-hmm. I, I'm not a great listener. You know, maybe I didn't pick something yep. up, or I'm reading body yep. language that I shouldn't. Or there's all kinds of different mechanisms that are at at play all the time mm-hmm. around perception. And so I think that recognizing that filter makes it a lot easier to give one another the benefit of the doubt. Give yourself the benefit of the doubt about wondering if I did something wrong or I said something that was dumb, you know, and you're beat yourself Mm. up about something and you have no reason to Mm -hmm. because whoever it was you said it to never thought that. So again, Mm. that's, that's a whole aspect of uncertainty and just, just filters. Another is mood health. And that does, you know, get into the depression side. And I, I have, uh, naturally a lot of lived experience with this and, um, having contended with a number of, of bouts myself, uh, fortunately, um, haven't since 2013. Um, I lost my brother Dave in, in 2012 to, to, you know, his depression. Um, and he, he oh, took his I'm life sorry. and, yeah. um, again, you know, we've all been through all the t- things that we have in our lives. Um, that certainly, you know, sent me, you know, for, uh, for a tough year, um, mm. to, to follow. Uh, but having said that, I I've learned you know through experience you know how to deal with it and you know catch it um, the same as we talk about earn confidence and worry and you know before you sink too much into the quicksand you know that experience of of depression you know do the things that you need to to get yourself out and so recognize that again your mood and your brain chemistry really kind of a biochemical reality that we're in, all of us at any given time, you know, seeing things through the lens of, am I having a mild depression right now? And sometimes you don't realize it until you're actually out of it. And that's the tough part about a low level depression is it's just, you know, it's sneaky in that way. Um, Mm. And so recognize that filter as well. And the things that you need to do, like exercise, like reach out to people who lift you up, you know the co- go to your t- go to coping skills, your favorite music, you know whatever it is, mm-hmm. know what that is, and you know really parent yourself and be proactive so that you can keep that filter healthy and then the other is is really back to earn confidence uh and a lot about being present because so many of us are unfortunately just kind of the way that our subconscious works, you know we always have to kind of be practicing mindfulness to bring ourselves back into the moment. But a lot of the rest of the time, we are caught up in that conversation we had earlier today or something we shouldn't be worrying about if we were applying our own confidence and what it is that we're doing in and around filters that are we perceiving something through the now versus are we, are we taking things in through you know making an assumption, for example, would be, would be a filter that leads to phantom arguments and relationships and things like that mm-hmm. when people are prone to make assumptions there
1: yeah yeah that's true. That's true, yeah. when we make stuff up in our head that isn't true. We, you know what yeah. really s- sprung to mind when you were speaking before was um feedback as well. I remember um I don't want to preface this by saying I only take um feedback that could be considered hurtful from people that I love and trust, which is really, really important. But somebody that I loved and trust when I was younger told me that I was not a good listener, and I remember at the time I was like, Oh, it was like a knife to the heart, right' I was, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really hurtful, but I really trust him. And he's not saying it to hurt me. He's saying it because that's how he feels. And so I remember from that day on going, I don't want to be a bad listener. (laughs) I want to, you know, so getting that feedback really helped me. But if somebody who I didn't like you or was being malicious about, had did the same thing. I wouldn't have got that lesson from it.
0: So yeah. It sounds like there's somebody who probably knew what they were doing. You know, from uh, you know, making a critical point for the benefit of of helping you in that way. And look, I mean, how many of us actually approach listening as a skill, which it is, and then practice it as yep. you would a skill? Probably not enough of yeah. us, I would say. Yeah, you know, we can, something we can always be better at, no doubt.
1: Yeah, and like, yeah, just so many little parts of this one skill that, and it's so crucial <laughs> to right. like everything.
0: <laughs> right. And back, it goes right back to perception. It, it's a huge part of it in terms of mm-hmm. relationships and, and, uh, we could do a whole conversation
1: about that alone.
0: And I certainly talk, Oof. you know, speak to that as well among
1: mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about your depression. Did you get help with that? And I mean, you've, you've gone through some, some really tough times in your right. life that you've already described. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it makes sense that you would, be feeling, you know, I don't know, yeah. you know, mild to quite severe depression. How did you go about getting treated or dealing with that? Sure,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm very comfortable, sure. comfortable uh, uh, speaking to it. I mean, I, I mean, you're familiar with Clubhouse, for example. I mean, mm-hmm. I founded the yeah. Defeating Depression Club on Clubhouse. I. I just ran a room about an hour and a half ago and do, uh, you know, every Monday here. So, you know, I'll talk about this, uh, you know, wholly. I mean, for for me personally, I mean, I just didn't get the best gene pool. I mean, you know, it, it runs in my family and I didn't realize it at the time. But, you know, in my early teens, I, I was experiencing some of it, you know, in and around loneliness was certainly a contributor as well. I'm five years behind the an next brother and, you know, on and on and I just, you know, just the way things were then. But because I was playing hockey, you know, I was around the guys and I was, you know, working out. And you know, so I, right. I wasn't really in tune with it. It wasn't until my early 20s that I I had that first bout. And, you know, it's again, it's, you know, the, it's the experience of like, you know, your synapses are just like, you know, not firing as well. It's like, <laughs> like, just... That's that feeling of sinking in the quicksand. That's just really the best way I can describe it. And to me, you know, certainly because it's chemical related and not everyone is an advocate for a pharmaceutical intervention, but I do, uh, you know, rely on medication. Now, in the early years, I went on and then I went off and on and off. And I had this cycle that went for a period of years until I realized, you know, I just really, you know, I, I have to stay on it. Um, mm. and even then it can be a challenge sometimes, you know, in terms of you get to a point where you know you're on something for for a period of time and it's not as effective. And then, you know, you have to find different ways to uh to manage things. And for me, I since 2013, what I found really helpful in terms of defeating depression is a three-day rule where I know that just any given day in life I'm gonna take, you know, get knocked down, you know, being an entrepreneur is just par for the course. Um, yeah. or bad weather or anything, you know, I just feel effective. But if I get to a third day for whatever reason that is, I will do the things I mentioned before and I won't let myself lay around and any of that and, you know, go to my go-to coping skills. And I actually have some resources that I give away, a depression defeater that is on my site. People are welcome to it. So
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's
0: the short answer. Yeah,
1: well, well, thank you for sharing that. I know that I've had a, a few friends let me know that they're on Uh, Depression medication, and that it's really saved their life and, you know, and changed everything for them. So I think it's really great that you mentioned that and that we normalize it because there's actually a lot more people than we think. um, Oh, absolutely. I don't think
0: anyone's really one way, shape, or form untouched by you know, some kind of, you know, mental health uh, affliction, whether it's them personally or someone in their in their family. I mean, you know, and ironically, I mean, I'm just, I'm a relentlessly positive person. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, depression aside, you know, that's just kind of positivity, you know, that's just my reflex. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, again, you know, controlling how it is we react to things.
1: Matt, I've got one more question before we uh, wrap up. Sure. Um, is, it, is it possible to reprogram our subconscious?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I, I speak from lived experience. Um, I've certainly studied this to a, a degree, and you know, you may be familiar with uh, neuro linguistic programming NLP. Mm-hmm. And you know, I work with a coach, and you know, I've done some NLP like recordings and things that you listen to, and really try to pinpoint some of the things that are in your subconscious that you really want to deal with. So when you say reprogram, the answer is yes, but I think you have to be very pinpointed about. You know what that is. You can't just be like, I want to replace myself, sub- my subconscious. But uh, that was actually the theme of of the room tonight that I that I ran here uh, in in the clubhouse room was uh, by coincidence reprogramming your subconscious. And you know we definitely got into that quite a bit, so it's very fresh. But yes, yeah. I mean, I I think uh, you know absolutely. And anybody who's interested in learning more about that, I absolutely believe in in the NLP practices and you know, there's plenty of great practitioners out there, you know, reach out and speak to a professional about it.
1: Well, Matt, thank you so much for being here today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, and I know you mentioned a few places, but if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Talia. Um, well, easy enough to find me, uh, um, mattzinman.com on there is really easy to, to, to find your way over to the mood health page and all of those resources that are there for free. Um, self-care report card is in there for free, um, email series. But I also really want to encourage you to see the life upgrade because that is really the, you know, there's nothing like it because it's all originated by me over the past number of months. I've just been, you know, hard at work at it. And, you know, if you're somebody who is, uh, is looking to, uh, you know, up your game and, and have a life upgrade, please check it out. And uh, I hope that, uh, that they find it helpful.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. And for everybody listening, you can find all the links mentioned in this episode at rebellove.com forward slash EP40, EP40, that is. <laughs> Matt, thank you again. I really, really appreciate you being here. And I love your cute cat in the background too. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I didn't realize she was in here. Uh, <laughs> no, I saw her. Yeah, up yeah, she was, was really like,
0: ah, I was just, oh, okay, Paisley's in here. Yeah, one of three. <laughs> thank you.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. And um, also, what's your Clubhouse handle in case um, people want to find you on Clubhouse? Um,
0: uh, Matt Zinman. Okay, great. Yeah, perfect. So, Defeating Depression Club is in there, and then um, I'm actually starting my podcast on them. I'm I'm, tra- I'm doing live Q and A this week for the first time.
1: Oh, perfect, great, so, great. I love. Perfect. I just got on Clubhouse. I love it. Did you? So, yeah. reach out. And I'm, I'm late to the party because I'm on Android. So,
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, no, no. Re- let, let me know, Talia, for sure, and yep. encourage everyone. It's a great platform. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it is. Thank you again. Thanks for listening to the Rebel Love Podcast, the podcast about love, sex, relationships and money. If you like this episode, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and find all the details of this episode and more at rebelove.com forward slash podcast.